3: Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Make sure you are a subscriber to this podcast wherever you get them. It uh, doesn't matter. Google, Stitcher, uh, you know, iTunes, whatever you do, make sure you are subscribed. leave us a couple of stars, tell us that we suck. We would appreciate it. You can also find us on social media. I am at Bearded Ape.
1: I am at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook and Spotify.
3: And you can find us on Instagram at Chuck and, Godless and also on ChuckingGodless.com. That would be our Patreon if you would like to support us. We've been adding some extra content for all of our Patreon subscribers Some cool stuff. We did a whole... Uh, like what was going to be about a 10-minute segment on politics for Patreon turned into, what, like a half an hour, 45 minutes of us <laughs> bitching about the Democratic National Convention. So, yeah, if you want to if you want to hear some extra stuff, including outtakes from some of our interviews that we've had in the past, then just become a subscriber right there on Patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless. We would appreciate it, man. That would be awesome. Got a good show lined up for you. We have a song from a band that I can't pronounce their name, uh, but they apparently are fronted by a soda straw. Uh, uh, I am not straw Uh, We'll tell tell you that story uh, Toward the end of the show Also, uh, here's something uh, Not new Because we've got a special guest this week Summer Slaughter is in the middle of Touring right now, like it's the very Almost the center of the tour, right? It's two weeks behind, still two weeks to go And uh, we got a hold of Carl Sanders from The Mighty Nile uh, to be our guest This week, so we're going to hear something from Nile on the show, as well as Carl Sanders Talking about Summer Slaughter and Oh, you know, how he uh, may or may not want to kick people's asses while he's out on tour. (laughs) You know, I mean, he, he may look a little soft around the edges, and he may sound like kind of a nice guy. But apparently, he can kick some ass. Or at yeah, least that's what He trains like.
1: MMA, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, yeah and we get a little bit of detail on his story uh, of what went down in St. Petersburg with Belphegor. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit Petersburg.
3: of that. But hey, thank you to everybody who gave me the kind words about my mom uh, and uh, her, her cancer battle that is now beginning at this point. Uh, we have uh, the situation has changed just a, just a smidge. It was taint cancer, and now apparently it's ass cancer. So uh, it's uh, the, the, it's changed just a smidge.
1: But so were, were, you, were you hoping that like that that the surgery was going to be the end of it, and you were going to be good? No
3: no, 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 no. I, I I pretty much knew that it wasn't going to be the end of it. It was one of those like it was going to be cut this thing out, find out what it is, chemotherapy for the next four or five weeks, and then uh, then hopefully. We're pretty close to the resolving it or whatever, but uh, this is going to extend it a little bit longer since it's now colon cancer. It's going to be a little bit different, um, so it's not as rare as they thought it was. But at the same time, it's you know, colon cancer can be a bad thing. Uh, but uh, it also looks like it's early, early, early. So you know, it's not spread around, not in lymph nodes, not in not not getting invasive yet. So that's actually kind of really good. So. Gotcha. Do you think, is mom going to go bald? I don't know. I, tell, I told her, I was like, you know, if you if you, if you go bald, I'm shaving my head, right? you cut off that fucking beard, right? I'm like, no, I'm not cutting off my fucking beard. <laughs> like, God damn it. And it's like, well, that's, you'd lose your hair if you had cancer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's one reason for you to stop smoking, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, no shit. Right? And it's like,
3: oh, well, that's the only way they're going to get the beard off me is if they irradiate me. Yeah, you know, That's <laughs> that's what it's going to take now at this point. So
1: how do they how do they give that now? Is it an IV drip or is it like a pill or what do they do? I think it's a- an IV radiation. drip
3: now. if I remember, correctly. but I, but I think there's a several different ways that they can do it and they can isolate it. And uh, it just depends on what kind of cancer it is and, you know, what mm-hmm. kind of treatment they have. I mean, it's it's a lot better than, you know, where they used to dip you in toxic waste and pull you out. And hope- <laughs> hopefully you didn't get more cancer while they were trying to treat uh-huh. you for the cancer
1: you had. Yeah, you know, it's a it's it's a little more localized than it used to be, but you know, it's, yeah, it, um, it, it still seems like like you know, if if you got cancer of the ass, really like like the radiation somehow should get focused on the ass. You know, it's sort of like if you're putting it into your vein up in your arm why are you radiating your whole body in order to get rid of something that's way down in your ass well you know but the I mean? trick
3: is is that the cancer cells will break loose from your from where the cancer is localized get into your bloodstream and move around uh, and you don't want them to gotcha. get into your lymph nodes and get into other places because that's how it spreads it'll start to spread around so uh, so they kind of kill off everything in your system uh, to including the cancer cells and to get it out of you, and that and that's sort of how it works, I guess. Huh. I think that's my layman's, yeah. I have my layman's explanation of how
1: chemotherapy works. But <laughs> I, I don't
3: know if the, any of that's actually true. That could be total bullshit. So
1: I'm just. I guess my hope is along. that. Like like by the time I get cancer, I'm just hoping that there's something a little bit you know just something that doesn't seem like you know I would have seen it in a you know a movie starring Robin Williams that was filmed in 1980. Yeah, you know? I know, that's right? what that's kind of what I picture when I think of like IV drips, you know, given radiation into your body. It's sort of like. Really? Come on.
2: Yeah. Well, and there are on, something
1: better. Well, there are
3: advanced treatments. There are like other there's newer stuff that's out there and the and things that they're trying and newer experimental things like that, but but nobody can fucking afford them, right? You know, the the problem is that that the stuff that that people can normal people can afford to do is the stuff that's been around for 20, 30, 40 years, you know? And and the yeah. really heavy duty experimental stuff is is for the rich people, so you know, and and also if you want to take a chance, you know, you, you, you never know because some of that stuff is still just experimental, but they're but they're getting close. There's a lot of cool things that they that uh, advances that I've been reading about because you know since. As soon as you get a family member or somebody gets in a situation like this, what do you do? You go to WebMD. You start looking up all this shit. And you, my brother and I've been going back and forth. Why well, read this article? Why well, read this article? Why well, read this article? You know, and, and all the stuff that you read about it, and treatments and different things, and the the way that they can do it, and uh, and it's there's really some interesting stuff out there. It's just going to take a lot of time for it to to come along. So
1: hopefully, well, like I
3: said, by the time I get there, it'll be a uh, give you a shot and it goes away.
1: So I get it that, like, you know, the medical thing is all about, like, saving lives, et cetera, right? But what I don't get is, like, how is it that medical stuff gets more and more and more and more and more expensive? Oh, it's because it's, it's, like, it's not about saving but, lives. It's about making money. But, like, but so is entertainment, and entertainment's getting cheaper, 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 cheaper. I got free mobile apps that I've downloaded that are helpful or entertaining or whatever, and they're all awesome. Yeah, and and they're free, but it's about what we it's about what we put our value
3: to. You know, it's like, what do we value? If somebody comes to you and says, well, you can't have this app unless you pay me a million dollars, you'd be like, well, fuck you. Keep your app. If somebody says, hey, by the way, your heart's going to stop beating unless you give me a million dollars. I'm going to give him a fucking million dollars so I don't die. You know, you know what I'm saying. I think uh, the value is
1: is a little bit different. You know, I, I think yeah, it, I yeah, I get that, but I think at the same time, like our access to stuff that we used to value and pay for has increased so much. Yeah, that therefore now, as a result of a flooding of stuff, we automatically go, okay, well, you know, I don't really need it. But you know, the is, it. but the access to healthcare has not changed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How do we change that? Well, that should, you know, there should be. Like you know, some 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 punk kid you know and his buddy who are pretty good at at, at building technology stuff you know with who are able to like you know uh, it's uh, going it well, put something gonna, in your mom's system that'll that'll clear shit up for free. It's gonna take some time. Well, like that dude who like uh, what did he
3: do? He three printed he three D printed his own braces, his own Invisalign braces or whatever you know, uh, you know shit like that. It's like it, it takes a little while before the market starts to adjust. But the problem is is that you know, healthcare. Is something that yeah, there's not like a lot of free market forces there, you know that that can really do anything with it, and it's all kind of
1: price fix, man. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a shady fucking business. You know, that's the, when I start thinking about that, that's when I start going, well, maybe this free market thing actually still does work. But, you know, they just haven't let it into the medical system. You know, well, I know that everybody goes like, no, 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 because look how much it screwed everything up. But I'm not sure that it was ever really kind of a plot, I, especially when like, you know, you got to do testings and stuff like that. And it costs, you know, 20 million dollars just to get tested before you maybe, you know, get cleared to go on to the market. Sort of like, hey, I'm going to die anyway, you know. Yeah, but dude, I mean, when you're talking about
3: when you're talking about, I've heard you know you listen to the stories about you going to the emergency room, right? And and you got insurance, and you get that bill at the end of the emergency room visit, and it's like twenty five thousand dollars because you broke your finger or some shit, you know, something stupid like that. They charge you you know thousand dollars for a Tylenol. You go in there with no insurance, and they send you a bill for eight hundred dollars. You're like, wait, wait, what? How does this work? There, there's no like menu. What I want with healthcare is I want a list. How much it costs to do this, 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 or this. Like, I walk in to get my oil change in my car. I know how much a transmission flush and filter is. How much is it to clean out my fucking kidneys? Okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to say, okay, it's going to be this much to do this and this and this. There's no menu, and there's no set price for anything. And And you can't have any kind of free market if there's no set price you know and and it's and if you're insured and it depends on which insurance company how much they're going to charge if it's medicare it's different you know like it's fucked up man yeah and, big time and it's a whole fucking racket and 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 we're all subject to it because we're all going to get sick <laughs> you know that's that's what's really fucked up we're all going to get sick at some point you know and i mean when i got when i went in for my kidney stones uh, a few years back, you know, I made the mistake of going to the fucking emergency room and getting a getting like a six thousand dollar bill for it. You know, it's like shit. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? You know, yeah. and, and 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 later on, I went to my, my uh, uh, like an actual doctor, like a urologist. He's like, don't ever do that again. He's like call he's like call me I will write you a prescription I will send it over to the pharmacy and you will have it that day it's the same thing that they give you at the emergency room they might give you some morphine to help you right then but this will be just as good and
1: it's like okay fucking hey good times it, so is mom like optimistic or pessimistic or what is she
3: uh, yeah kind of in between right now we're waiting to see next week will be like the big tell so we'll see oh, you know oh. more more on what's exactly going to be going down after next so stay week, tuned, but, people. But, but stay she actually tuned. she likes her doctor. Which before she was like that little bastard doesn't know,
2: know his ass <laughs> from the fucking hole on the
3: ground. You know, my mom is an awesome person and she does not fucking pull punches. And man, she would give those doctors a fucking run around. But the one she's got one now and she's like, well, at least she's not fucking twelve like the last one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, it kind of pays to have a young doctor, right? Uh, no, 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 no. She that's not what she wants. She wants she wants somebody that's like 44. And, you know, a female and got a good head on our shoulders. Oh,
1: is that, like, really important to her? Because because it's all dealing with all the stuff downstairs? No, no, no. That doesn't matter. Like,
3: it's just she wants somebody who's competent and middle-aged. Not, like, old. Not, like, young. I don't know why. It's just one of her things. So, (laughs) if they're too fucking old, they don't know anything. And if they're too too fucking young, they don't know anything. So, like, okay, all right. I guess that makes (laughs) sense in a weird sort of way.
1: Except her kids. (laughs)
3: Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Uh, But but I mean, it's a but no, it's a I don't know. The outlook is good at this point, so we'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. You know, but uh, I don't know. Cancer. Whenever you hear cancer, you just you 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 start to worry. So yeah, it's all good though. Now uh, let's see. What are we going to talk about toward the end of the show? We're going to talk about oh. Uh, how being are you left behind? Yeah, how are you going to relate relate this thing? Because uh, last week or in last the last episode we talked about um, bands calling it quit, be, calling it quits because they're too old. Uh, right. Should should bands hang it up when they get to a certain age because they can't rock anymore? Is the rock gone? Have they lost
1: the magic? This is something a little bit different, right? Yeah, because it's 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 musicians being left behind by the rest of the band, and then what do you do? You yeah. know, so sometimes it has to do with age. Sometimes it just has to do with, you know, not ha- being able to keep interest from all the other, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, we'll talk about it more after the interview with uh, Carl.
3: Yeah, so let's get into that. Let's do our uh, interview. Summer Slaughter is going on right now. So if uh, you still have a couple of weeks to catch it, if it's, it's going to be coming to my parts here, uh, I think like in a week or so, it's going to be down here in uh, Austin, Texas. So get a chance to check out, you know, Cannibal Corpse and Carnifex and uh Chris-ian. i mean like the lineup is so huge but nile is one i haven't seen i was trying to figure it out with somebody today i when, when the last time i saw them was and it was probably a, a, 10 years ago like a decade it's wow. been a long time man really? i just i miss them every time they come through and i'm a fan we got a chance to talk to carl sanders from nile on the metal Sucks podcast <laughs> How's it going, man? It's Chuck and Godless from Metal Sucks, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear two voices here, so I'm talking to a tag team.
3: That's right. That it? <laughs> we're, we're ganging up on you, dude. <laughs> all right. <laughs> How you doing, man? You doing all right?
0: I'm doing as well as one could do in shithole Kansasville. Yeah, it ain't even Kansas City. It's some shithole outside of Kansas City. Miriam, Shawnee yeah shithole surrounding kansas city that's <laughs> it.
1: I, re- I remember like way back in the day when there were like you know everybody was doing like their fanzines you know the the photocopied you know metal fanzines and stuff like almost all of them came from kansas and it was because nobody in kansas has anything to do
0: well that's why there's such good bands here you know like origin um because mm. they got nothing to do but practice and uh you know eat corn <laughs> Carl, you you
1: had a, an interview recently. You had said that touring grinds your health down. Many guys I know have soul sickness. How are you doing? I mean, are are you healthy? Is everything good out there?
0: Well, I'm I'm all right at the moment. Uh, I had a nice break after the last European tour, um, where I had this severe neck injury. Um, so I, I took three months to just go home and lay low, and you know do nothing but uh, play guitar spend time with the wife, and you know just do stuff around the house and you know recharges your your soul um, you got to do some normal shit once in a while to balance out <laughs> you know the the brushes with insanity on a daily basis that happen on tour. is it
3: hard for you to get back into that uh, that home mode i hear it's uh, I hear from a lot of people that it's pretty tough to make that transition back
0: it is uh, and then once you get settled in there you you don't want to like move from it uh until like something crazy always happens because it's in people's blood you start getting that itch like you start feeling wait a minute i should be on tour what the fuck am i doing why am i out here mowing my own yard i should be on tour (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: you should totally get your wife a rider. you know a copy of the rider to make sure everything's ready for you by the time you get on the (laughs) door
0: Yeah, well, my wife's not like that. She would say, "Go fill your own rider, motherfucker. Who do you think I am? <laughs> I'm not your runner. I got better jobs to do."
1: <laughs> you had said on Facebook that, like, you like a nameless underworld imp had misplaced your camera. Like, all right, so no names, but I, I mean, are the do, do you got like like kids running around the house? I know you got an older kid.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's 21. He's he's moved out of the house already. So, it wasn't him. Uh I had this girl come over. Uh my studio and my office are upstairs in my home. Um and there's like there's two closets that become like, you know, everything that I don't want to look at right now goes in the fucking closet. Well, after, you know, half a decade, there's a whole bunch of fucking shit in my closet that I don't want to fucking see, (laughs) but now my closet is full of shit that I don't want to see, and I can't use it for anything else. So I I hired this girl to come over and, you know, basically straighten out my fucking closet in my studio, and, uh, (sighs) well, afterwards, I couldn't find a goddamn thing.
1: (laughs) 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 Feng Shui. (laughs) It's Japanese for lost shit. Yeah,
2: right.
3: (laughs) Uh, getting everything in order is not all it's cracked up to be, you know. Some sometimes, and,
0: you know, yeah, yeah. Sometimes chaos is best.
3: Uh, well, I mean, especially especially if you're used to you know, the the chaos of the road. I mean, because it's somewhat organized, at least a, a little bit sometimes, but it's you know it's just on the borderline of complete and utter chaos, right?
0: Right. I, I try to like have myself be organized so that uh, at least I know what I'm doing in the midst of chaos. And usually that works for me.
3: Yeah. You got to know what time you got to be where and that sort of thing and keep everything straight. But you know, when you got other band members and making sure everybody's where they go, that's, that
0: gets rough. Uh, Yeah. That's the wild card, ain't it? Uh, The (laughs) randomness of your band and crew.
1: You like that at home too?
0: Am I no at home? Um, I'm, I'm pretty disciplined and I got my routine. I, I do my martial arts, you know, four times a week. And, uh, I have my practice regimen every day and, you know, I got my time set aside to to spend with the wife. Uh, You know, I'm very organized at home. I mean, I even have time set aside where, okay, this is when I'm going to play Doom. For an hour and fuck the universe. <laughs> the universe can put itself on hold. I don't give a fuck.
3: I can appreciate that right there. That's a—it's uh, definitely worth taking time out to, uh, you know, kill some demons.
0: Exactly. I feel so much better afterwards. Anyway, it's like a, a soul cleansing of built up, you know, fed upness. Now
3: oh, see. My partner yeah. over do here doesn't. Bring- he he doesn't. Get, he doesn't understand it. Like doesn't understand the video nah. game thing. And I'm like, it's totally. It's totally cathartic. Nah. You know, it's all about. It's all about <laughs> just getting it out of your system.
0: Yeah, if you don't do that, you know, in some kind of healthy way. You're going to do it on the people around you. I mean, that's just how we are as human beings.
1: Well, that's kind of what the MMA does, right? I mean, you get to, like, you know, bang on a bag. You get to choke somebody out. I mean, there's nothing better than actually doing it
0: yourself. Dude, you know, that's why I'm such a chill guy. Uh, I play death metal, which is cathartic. I I do martial arts, and, you know, I love to go kill some demons. (laughs) So, I'm totally chill. I mean... Well, not all the time. There are some douchebags that you meet on tour that will bring out the insanity in you. Security not, guards not on this fucking tour. Right, we're on this summer slaughter tour, right? So it's a big shows every day. So the, often there's like extra security that they've hired for these venues who are just basically underpaid, self-important douchebags who think they have the authority to tell me what the fuck to do. But they're mistaken. They don't. The most insane, stupid shit. Like, I was trying to load out uh, off my side of the stage the other night, and this motherfucker refused to let me work.
3: Like getting in your way or like 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 actually holding you up kind of
0: thing? Both. Um, I had to actually get Cannibal Corpse's uh, tour manager over there to get this motherfucker, to get the fuck off me. And shut the fuck up, because if he w- if he continued, I would not have been able to maintain much longer. I mean, you know, it just doesn't do for me to go around beating up security people. Um, <laughs> it, it makes tour managing, you know, very hard. Well, you've
1: been doing yeah. it for twenty odd years, and he's probably been doing it for twenty odd days. With the f-
0: it, is, is yeah, he he's only twenty years old. So, what my point exactly. I was playing metal when these guys were still wearing diapers. So yeah. don't tell me what the fuck to do. I know my fucking job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is, it, is it like a thing where you're having trouble with the security in, in the way that they're interacting with fans as well? Or, or is it just sort of the way they're
0: interacting with you? you no, know, it's the way, you know, some of them. Not all the guys at these guys. Some of them are great human beings. But, you know, there are a few. And those few kind of make it bad for everybody else, you know like not every cop is a fucking asshole there are some assholes that are cops you know mm-hmm. but there are also some good ones too that yeah. you know deserve our respect
3: hmm. so and the, and these aren't guys that are like touring with the tour right they're like when you get there it's a so it's a different group of guys doing right. security it's every single guys. night
0: yeah yeah local guys yeah who, who have problems with self-importance sure. <laughs>
1: uh, well you know I, I, I don't know sometimes I've I've been at some of those metal shows with those guys I mean they're getting kicked in the head over and over and over again trying to get the that people like uh, safely down from uh, uh, you know riding on, on top of the crowd or you know all that sort of thing and I think to myself oh my goodness my adrenaline would just be through the roof but some of them do a really right. great job of, of doing that
0: well right, see there you go I, I think like any other field of endeavor. You got some guys who got it together, and you got some other guys who don't. You know, that's kind of the human condition.
3: So, speaking of the crowds and stuff at the at Summer Slaughter tour, like so far, how's how's it been this year? You know, so far you're about Uh, about halfway through, right?
0: I think this uh, Summer Slaughter is a legendary lineup. Uh, The shows are doing really well. Um, You know, every day I'm getting to see my friends. Uh, guys from Christian, Cannibal, suffocation. I mean, come on, man. How often do you get to do that in life? Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, some of these friendships uh, that I've had with these guys, you know, go back, you know, into two decades. Um, are you know, people that are really special to me, that I, I really care about, and I get to see them every day. You know, that's, that's wonderful.
1: We talked to Ash Alderson a couple weeks ago, and he was saying that... uh this was a really tough lineup to put together. And, and yet it seems like the kind of lineup that like, why hasn't this happened, you know, every other year for the last 20 years, it, it just seems like it makes so much sense.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, you know, it's not as easy as people would think to get this many bands of this caliber on a single package. You know, it just don't fall off the tree that way. And <laughs> You know, you can't just go to the grocery store and order up some Christian and suffocation and Cannibal and get it all in the same package.
3: But how's the audience been? Audience been good so far? Like, has been a lot of people showing up for the show so far? Because I, I don't get you guys coming through until, like, a uh, week and a half from now. So I, I won't get to see it until Texas. So,
0: Well, yeah, the shows are really nicely attended. A lot of metal fans turning out for this. It is the lineup of the decade. I, I think people will be talking about this summer slaughter for years to come. Okay. Yep. And is there
1: like a split between like you guys and Cannibal and versus like the After the Burial and and uh, Carnifex and and some of these bands that are are you know guys. almost like a, a yeah the younger bands? You guys able to get along with them as well?
0: Uh, you know, as, as human beings and people, uh, we're kind of like one big family. Uh, we all get along just fine. Uh, sometimes the fans, uh, you know, have the divisiveness. Um, you know, you got your more brutal fans, then you got your more core edge fans. Uh, but as far as the bands themselves, dude, we're all on this fucking boat together. And, uh, you know, we're all kind of, you know, bonding together and uh, like soldiers on the front line. <laughs> you know, if you put a Marine guy and a Delta Force guy in the same fucking trench, right? And. Getting bullets shot at you, you know. There's no divisiveness there. You're kind of fucking man up.
1: How difficult is it for you to to put together a set list for a a, you know? You got such a catalog. How do you how do you try to nail down those songs that you really need to play? And is it the same sort of set list every night, or you changing it up?
0: No, we're not changing it up Uh, for a tour like this where you basically have to throw your stuff up on stage as quickly as possible. And be ready as quickly as possible in the time allotted. There's no time for like you know rewrite the set list. Um, you get your your thing going and you stick with it and you fine tune it until it's like you know a machine.
3: You guys are the pretty much the second headliner. You got a pretty you got a pretty decent slot though, right? And I mean when you're when you're choosing yeah. from eight full length albums. It's it's got to be tough to go okay, and you're never going to please all the fans all the time, right?
0: You have said that really well. It's it's got to be the toughest part of this whole thing is deciding which songs don't get played because you know there's a lot of things people want to hear from us, but obviously due to time constraints, we're never going to get all of them. You know, in there, and you know. 30 minutes, you know, what the fuck?
3: Yeah, I mean, you're, and we're what, we're a year plus removed from uh, Unearthed coming out, Um, so I mean, are you focusing on that record, or are you, is it kind of a mixture of everything that you guys have done?
0: It's kind of like Greatest Hits infomercial, we got some new stuff, got some older stuff, but obviously, with that short of time, you gotta pick, you know, the the ones that if you don't play, people are gonna throw rocks at you, so we play those (laughs) songs. Nobles are rocked at it.
3: Yeah, you got to play Lash to the Slave, slave yeah. stick or People are going to get pissed.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Makes on sense. the last album, Call Destruction seemed like like almost like a perfect album opener. Do you ever like have that in mind when you're writing, like, like this is the song that's going to kick off the album? Or does it seem to just naturally flow? How, how do you do that when you're planning a sequence for an album?
0: Well, you kind of know as, as you're working on a song that, hey, this. This song sounds like it should go here, like a last song or a first song or, or like easy. You can just tell. It's The middle ones that start getting confusing, like, okay, is this, this number two or is this number seven? Or is this number three or four? I don't know. But first and last are always easier. As you
3: guys have kind of progressed over the years, you've had a little bit more of an opportunity to, to get some ebb and flow to your writing and what, and what you sound like. So, I mean, it seems like you have more choices as far as that's concerned.
0: Well, you know, hopefully you know, one likes to think that as time goes by, one progresses and broadens their horizons. I think that's a natural kind of thing uh, in evolution. Um, you know, we're not the same guys we were 20 years ago. You know, we've seen a lot, we've heard a lot of awesome bands, you know, to be inspired by, you know, sometimes I, I look back over the course of 20 years and go, how the fuck did we get from point A to point B?
3: Yeah, makes sense. And well, and you've talked a lot about like living up to people's expectations, and living up to like the fans expectations and what be what people expect from you is that something that really kind of weighs on you when you're writing new material you're thinking about new material or is it just you hope that when it's done people are gonna people are gonna like what you did is it more important for you to like it
0: well you know it's a little bit of all of that really uh fan expectations you can't help but have it somewhere on your brain even if you don't give a fuck you know you've got to give a shit about your career and you Career, you know, realistically, is built upon fans. Um, If it weren't for the fans, we'd be, you know, still in the garage making music for ourselves, which I I suppose that's the most pure form of the underground when you're not playing for anybody. (laughs) Fuck the world. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, if you want to talk about purist ideals, you know, yeah, as soon as you play for an audience, you've compromised some you know, elemental portion of yourself. But be that as it may, I think on this last record, you know, the mindset was very much fans matter. Fans are what matters. Fans are what drives the entire music industry. Without fans, you've got no record companies. You've got no managers. You've got no booking agents. You've got no nothing. All those people making money are are making money on fans. So guess what? Somebody needs to care about metal fans, and, and that's, that's where I wanted to go. Fan is always right, goddammit. There there's no such thing as a wrong fan. You know, a fan comes up and says, well, I, I love your first demo, but everything else that you do sucks. Well, you know what? He's not wrong. He's not necessarily right. He's not wrong. You know, that's how <laughs> that person perceives things.
3: Well, so I mean, how does that change the way that you approach like what you're what you're gonna when you're writing like what the process is? You know, because I mean, you, you talk about like if the phallic being completely different than a lot of a lot of the stuff that came before, or at least annihil- annihilation, and sure. know, and see through is obviously a, a different record than unearthed and so on. So, like, how does that change for you?
0: It's an elemental mindset, the basis from which you proceed forward was very much we were tired of being told by a former record company what to fucking do. And on that record, we were basically giving the the middle finger to everyone. And on the fucking planet who dared fucking tell us what we ought to be doing. Yeah. Which we kind of went overboard on that record with that mentality,
3: <laughs> which is kind of awesome. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. It's, Records almost are like a document of where you are at at that time in your life and what your thinking was and what drove you, what your motivations and ambitions were. If he fell we were saying fuck you to everyone. Not the fans, of course, but everyone in the music business that were exploiting us, taking advantage of us, telling us what to do, telling us down the river. The music industry is a dirty fucking cesspool. It's got nothing to do with music. It's like... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I was always interested in, in what that split was, whether you know it was something that you guys ran to that split. Was it the end of a contract? What did, what did sort of happen there?
0: Well, we came to the end of our contract, and uh, we were really impressed by nuclear blasts because they're German guys, and they would look us in the face, and we could tell they were telling us the truth. We weren't hearing a bunch of, like, smoke and mirrors. And we are saying, this is what we'll do, this is what we can do, and this is what we can't do. And we went, okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Had the relationship with relapse devolved over time? Did it start as like with optimism and and just move downhill from there? Or was it always bad?
0: You know, record company relationships are kind of like any other kind of relationships. You always start with optimism and thinking the other person's wonderful And over time, you start to see some of their human failings and flaws. And sometimes those things can, for the time being, take the center focus. Like, you start seeing all the bad things, but not any of the good things anymore. When there still are good things, but you're just not thinking about them because you're so fed up with the bad things. Mm. then usually that relationship will come to an end. And then maybe 10 years down the road, you start going, well, okay, you know what? I understand why they did this. I understand why they did that. I didn't like it, but I get it. This is a music business.
3: Well, and now you've been on Nuclear Blast about the same time you've been on Relapse. What are the warts from Nuclear Blast now? (laughs) Have you discovered those yet?
0: The warts aren't anything we didn't know was already there, which was something that I really liked about the guys from ND was, they looked us in the eye and told us the unblinking truth, you know, good and bad, which I personally prefer that to the way a lot of American companies do business. Yeah,
3: If the Germans are going to fuck you over, they're going to tell you. <laughs> they're going to tell you this is how it's going to be done. It's gonna, exactly. It's going to be expeditious. And they'll
0: laugh about it, too. Yeah. They'll <laughs> laugh about it, how they got you fucking, you know, pinned to the earth laugh about it. Uh, we told you this is the way it was going to be and that's the way it is.
2: <laughs>
3: exactly.
1: Did the experience with relapse where, you know, you go through the contract negotiation and all that for whatever it might have been because I would imagine, I mean, you're, you're, you're new musicians at that point. Any contract you just, you know, rapidly ready to sign. Did that experience inform that that uh, uh, signing process with Nuclear Blast?
0: Well, of course. You know, everything along the way is a learning experience. By... The time that uh, we came across the relapsed guys, uh, we were already 30 years old. We weren't 19 year old guys, you know, naively, uh, you know, ready to sign anything. We were very much grown adults going, hey, wait a minute. I understand what this fucking means. So we got ourselves a a lawyer, a Nashville uh, music lawyer. (laughs) We argued. For eighteen months over that fucking contract with Relapse. Oh. Eighteen months, man. There was so much red ink on those pages going back and forth. Eighteen months we argued about that. The record had come out, and we were still arguing over stuff in the oh. contract.
1: Man, it's expensive. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: kidding, right? We had to sell our van. We had, you know, we had, uh, oh. you know, uh, bought a band van together, you know so we could, you know, get to the gigs. And we had to sell the van to pay the fucking music lawyer to argue our fucking contract. <sighs> brutal, it's brutal. life. Yeah. It's fucking life. You know, music business is not fucking pretty. It's even uglier now uh, because the pie has shrunk. You know, the the way the pie has divided is there's more people taking slices of a smaller pie. Uh, so it's become... Uh, geometrically messier and dirtier.
3: Have you ever thought about trying to take control of that part of uh, part of that a little bit differently? I mean, as far as like some of these guys that are crowdfunding and some of that stuff, have you ever thought about trying to, uh, some of those options? Because you guys have got you a know, pretty rabid fan base.
0: Well, you know, it's a tempting idea. Uh, but so far, no, we haven't just gone down that road. Um, I don't know if it's right for us or not. Who knows what the future will hold, though? Mm. I mean, the world is an ever-evolving place. What was true yesterday is not necessarily true tomorrow.
3: I turn on the news, and it feels like we're devolving. I don't know if we're moving in the right direction. It so.
0: is. Dude, back when I was in high school, uh, Devo came out with their album, right? And those motherfuckers were right. The human race is devolving.
1: We see it every day,
3: every single day. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of frightening.
1: Oh, it, it, you know, know, and it only makes it worse when half of them are bassists, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh.
0: a good one. <laughs> uh,
1: thank you thank you very much. Uh. Seriously, Carl, is a bassist really necessary? Like, in general? I always wonder this, because yeah, I get it there's a low tone there, but there's technology now that exists. You, you could just, like, you know, that bass undertone could kind of be covered by other things, right? I mean, you're a, you're a uh, nut you for can sound. You
0: just write it in. You could just write it in on the computer if you wanted to. Totally. Uh, But, however, I've come to believe in the intangible human element. There are things that you cannot necessarily measure in quantifiable terms that human beings in their imperfections contribute to music. For instance, why do records uh, like made back in the 70s, right? Why is that music Still entertaining to listen to when it was made on technically inferior gear 30, 40 years ago or whatever. She can certainly make those records better now, but why is it? Those records weren't computer fixed, they weren't uh, digital, they were just like really old school, just human beings playing into an old fashioned recording device, and there you go. Why are you? I got the answer though. All right, go ahead. Drugs. <laughs> no no that's not the answer the answer is that music is more about you know human communicating the intangibilities of the soul through the audio experience
3: i like carl's answer better me too i see i'm with, I'm with you I, I totally believe it i'm i'm down I, i'm down I, you know it's like uh, there's just something different you can't it brings something else to the table. We make jokes about bass players, but at the same time, it's like it's the it's the one thing that you don't know you need it until it's gone, you know, and it, and it makes a difference. are
1: barely human.
3: Barely
0: human. <laughs> that is true. There's, you know, some Cro-Magnon or Neanderthal thing going on with bass players. But uh-huh. it's important. It's important. It is some part of the human experience. Without that Neanderthal ancestry... Would we be the same animals that we are today? Well, no, we wouldn't. Human beings are fucking animals that think they're fucking smart. We're fucking monkeys who are deluded into thinking we're smart. We're not.
3: All right. I'm, I'm, I'm on dude. I'm on your side. I'm totally with you. Yeah. Good time.
1: I'm, this is a tough question to ask while you're stuck in Kansas. But I mean, when you're on the road, are you seeing this devil devolution like in, in front of you? I mean, like at the truck stops and stuff
0: sometimes you can't help but it gets on you (laughs) yeah you you, like then you got to go like go wash it off
3: that's why you got to go home and recharge man you know
0: exactly my friend exactly and hopefully
3: get to evolve a little bit more later on
1: uh, are 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 you guys, like, getting along? Uh, you know, is everything good inside the van? I, I know you had said before that, uh, you know, that it's been tough to kind of have that sense of brotherhood within the band sometimes during the recording process. I'm curious about whether it's okay while you're on the road.
0: Well, for us, we do all right most of the time. I mean, you know, you're talking about putting a bunch of guys in what amounts to a submarine, right, traveling down the road, there's going to be natural human friction, but there's also, you know, moments of teamwork and brotherhood. And I try to encourage those moments.
1: You had said that uh, uh, during At the Gates, uh, there were a lot of mental insanities going on. What, what did you mean? <laughs> what was going on? Was that was that band-wide? Was that just you?
0: Uh, I, I think it was band-wise, but uh, certainly, you know, I, I, I felt part of all that. Uh, there was... Uh, you know, a lot of pressures on us, you know, external pressures, internal pressures uh, that I, I think some of them were unhealthy. Uh, some of them you just had to go through the, the eye of the hurricane with it, hopefully come out on the other side.
3: You sound like you're in a lot better place. Have you made it through to the other side?
0: I, I think so. You yeah. there was a time I was very mentally unhealthy right after we did Sethu, and, you know, it just took time. I think for me to get back to a healthy place, yeah, and I, I hopefully have learned enough not to get. Tra-
1: how does that uh, express itself? I mean, is it is it? Do you get moody? Do you get quiet? I, I mean, how does that does that express itself for you?
0: Uh, I'm a violent kind of person, so usually it expresses itself in somebody else nearby me getting hurt.
3: <laughs> oh, that's no good.
0: But then,
1: you know, we saw that video of you in St. Petersburg, and it seemed like you were keeping your cool.
0: Man, that was a tough one to keep cool of. Uh, but that's I what bet. we had to do because, if you know, their whole point was to provoke us into a fight so that we'd go to jail and therefore show sure would not happen. But I couldn't let Helmut get beat up by this fucking fucking Ivan Bear kind of guy. There's, there was a feeling of mental brother, you know. Uh, I got to help this guy, you know. I'm fucking on tour with him. I can't let him get fucking fucked up just by this idiot who's trying to fucking provoke him. You know, it's it was stupid. I, I just did what. You know needed to be done, did
2: Good. you
1: know that that's what he was intending to do? I mean, with the language barrier barrier and everything? How did you guys know who he was and what he was you know trying to accomplish
0: there it took a few minutes for me to fucking figure out the situation in fact uh, when I watched the the video i can I can see it on my face. It's like I'm like thinking, all right, what the fuck is actually going on here with what little info I got? what am I supposed to do and then I can see it on my face on on the playback that that moment of like okay I know what to do
3: yeah but having a good measured response in a situation like that is is I mean that's also kind of good MMA teaching as well so you know you know when to th- throw back exactly what's the right thing at the right time right
0: Right, keeping that cool head under, under fire the discipline that uh, I have trained under that's so not just to, there's there's a lot of mental aspects you know to keeping a cool head you know even when you're under like pressure you know i think those are good life skills uh, in general don't you know not panicking to the point where you're just doing stuff without forethought
2: to the Metal Sucks Podcast today.
3: All right, so I have no idea what the hell that actually is. Right there, that was what, <laughs> you put the you discover some of the weirdest shit sometimes, and. Yeah. And Spotify is awesome. I, well, after Astronoid, dude, I listen to everything you fucking send me. So so,
1: so now I'm, I'm like addicted to you. So what, what the fuck is that? That's Ural Bill which is, I, to be honest, that's the only song I've heard from them. I don't remember how I stumbled upon it, but uh, I heard it and I went, oh man, this is like the coolest thing. Because it's kind of like, um, you know, Hate Beak and, and, uh, 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 oh the 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 uh, car. Uh, what was it? The one with the dog, the canine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but uh, you know, it, but it's it's it sounds to me like a soda straw. I'm not sure. I, the guy says he's not. Um, <laughs> which is what I thought that was even funnier because he tweeted you right. Yeah, because I like, I was like raving about it on Twitter, and I was like, it, I think it's a straw, man. And and the guy replied, like he said, no, I am not straw. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I'm just waiting for like I want to see some live footage. You know, how do you do that? You yeah. know.
3: He's got to be blowing bubbles and something. That's that's totally blowing bubbles in in a soda or something, man. I, yeah.
1: did, I, I so know. did you listen to the rest of
3: the album? I did actually. I listened to the I listened to the rest of it, and it's all it's all speed. It's all speed death. So like it's a, it's like a tech death. Um, uh, it's really fast fucking death metal, and it's it's good. Oh, cool. You know, it's it's not yeah. bad. It's actually it's actually pretty good stuff. And that's the only oddball. We can't even mm-hmm. tell you the name of the song because it's
1: all in Japanese, right? Right, yeah, so theres <laughs> and I put it I put it into Google Translate and what did it say it comes out full sense. Fell yes Poco, um, <laughs> which uh, yeah no I don't think that makes any I, sense. I know they're still working on things over at Google Translate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's not good. They they might get Spanish okay, but yeah. uh, even that sometimes you're a little like what? what what what? Yeah no they that um it's it's legit like it's legitimately good heavy amazing stuff. You know I got to say that I I was kind of impressed. Will I listen <laughs> to it every day? No, but that was yeah. that's a fun ass <laughs> song. But it's a straw, dude. He's blown by I'm
1: just glad we get a chance to share it. Yeah. It's it's, it's one of those things like, you know, you you look at Spotify, it's got less than a thousand streams, you know, and and it's like, oh, come on. Why haven't more people found this? This is so good, you know?
3: Yeah, well, you know, we like to put stuff out there like this, man. But it does go to show you that you can pretty much replace any band member with even uh, a, 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 a piece of. Uh, fast food technology you know which is kind of nice
1: <laughs> well, well hold on hold on real quick before we we move on to the topic though um uh you went and saw one of my favorite bands that last week in oh concert. that's
3: right yeah yeah, yeah. well a, because i had missed them every time they've come through austin uh and yeah it was it was kind of funny so the the band that you're talking about is final drive yeah. uh And those guys they they uh we had them on for uh one minute to midnight, right?
1: yes, yeah. so
3: they were on like one of their first one minute to midnights and actually took our advice and were really cool about it and 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 learned a lot of stuff and uh and they've been through you've seen them a couple of times, but every time they've been in town like I haven't caught them they have either played like the night that I have my radio show on Friday nights or something, or, you know, I just missed them, so they called me out on Twitter on Wednesday. And, uh, and it was funny because I had already planned to be there, uh, just because I wanted to fuck with them. And so they called me out on Twitter and I, I texted, I tweeted them back a picture. I was like, I don't know if I'm coming or not uh, from in front of the venue. And, uh, and yeah, so I was there, I was lurking and I did a whole fucking Irish goodbye though. I was like, later. And, you know, didn't even say anything. I was like, I just disappeared. They- but you you agree with me, right? Awesome live show. They uh, they really do put on a good live show. And okay, so the impressive thing that I noted is that I I'm, I'm sorry to say that there were maybe ten fifteen people there. Right, there weren't it's hardly anybody so there. It was <laughs> which kind of sucked. They were competing. And against, That's
1: not gonna. That's not gonna last long
3: well they they were they're opening up for all hail the Yeti and there was a show across town with I think Holy Grail was playing across town, so they're up against a pretty pretty decent show that wasn't in the downtown area, which just you know got shot up the other day, so it's uh um, yeah, kind of like well, okay, kind of sucks, but I gotta tell you, even with ten fifteen people, half of which were in other bands that opened up for them. They played like they were in a fucking twenty thousand person arena. Those guys just fucking brought it, and and that's that right there is priceless. You can't you can't teach somebody how to do that. To be able to keep that kind of energy in that kind of low energy environment, that's amazing, and that's really really fucking impressive. And I and you know I'm I'll say it here, but I'm not going to tell it to other faces. So you know, (laughs) (laughs) sorry Jordan, it's just not going to happen.
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I, it's just, final driver is just one of those bands i like everybody they, they are tour dogs they are on the road all the time so just you know follow them on twitter at final driver or, or you know find their facebook or whatever and and uh, make sure that uh uh you know when they come to your town you go because i'm i'm promising you you go and then like five years from now you'll be able to turn to all your buddies and go yeah you remember when i told you you should join me to go see that show yeah. Well, it was funny. I was sitting at the bar and, uh, and
3: a couple of dudes from the band were like getting a drink and they kind of look at me and like think, they're thinking about it for a second. They're like, is that, is that, uh, I don't know if that's him or not. Because, like, you know, they're in Austin, so everybody's got a beard and tattoos. So it's kind of you know, like, huh, I don't know if that, huh. And I was like, hey, it's laying low, laying low, laying low. But no, they did a great job. They really did. So, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, good for
1: that right man. All right, now cool. topic. Yes, yeah, being left behind. All right, so so like I, this popped up because, at first there was this story from Rolling Stone, the the interview with uh, Angus, Angus Young from Young, yeah. ACDC talking about how like another guy in ac is quitting after forty four years or whatever, of making music and and you know like Malcolm's gone, Brian Johnson's gone. I mean, it's like everybody's leaving one by one and all that's left is him. he's being left in a room alone with yeah. axel rose and uh, i mean there's nothing scarier you know <laughs> right. or or sadder yeah. and, and then so then like just two days later there's an interview with Kerry king where he's talking about how tom mariah might not continue on with slayer mm-hmm. and i'm thinking man carrie king's just like angus young is getting left behind and it really kind of I was like oh, i hadn't really ever thought about it that way like you know, it's one thing to 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 like when the whole band like are also in news this week. Dillinger Escape Plans, like, hey, we all decided we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's one way to do it. But when you're like everybody starts dropping off, and yeah. you still have the passion for it, but you need other people. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah,
3: you know? that's a, and okay. So now I'm before when we started talking about this, I was like, well, I don't really see the difference, but now. They explain it a little bit better. I'm like, okay, I, I see where you're coming from here, because because really, you know, if it's Megadeth who decides to retire, it's really Dave Mustaine, you know, not not Allison, whatever, you know, he's he's coming gone. It's Dave Mustaine retiring. He calls it quits. Megadeth is dead, right? right. <clears throat> you know, but but Slayer, you know, we've already lost two members of Slayer, so half of it's already gone and hell Kerry king would be the last man standing you know and he yeah. and like you said what happens if he still wants to fucking riff on guitar and make slayer songs well shit he's just kind of shit out
1: of luck isn't he yeah i mean i mean it's sort of like it's not you know I this is what could happen right so let's say tom mariah quits and goes you know i'm just not doing no more gonna do country is it yeah is it right that Kerry king can't have the slayer name I well, don't know that it is. I mean, I get that people mm, like, you know, now there's only one dude left. You know that's I, and he's not even the singer. Yeah, you know. Well, that's that, like that's, that's like, really uh, tough,
3: but well, but that's like Chicago or something. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like one one of those yacht rock uh, bands that only has the keyboard player left in it that's still right, touring yeah. or whatever. You know, and it's like, well, these guys sort of sound like him. That's close enough. I mean, I guess you could. I guess he could keep going if he wanted to, but. It would be kind of weird. I mean, as a fan, would you be satisfied with that? I mean, a lot of people aren't satisfied as it is with
1: uh, Staff and and Holt. You know, it's like, that's not fucking Slayer.
2: You <laughs> yeah, know?
0: but th-
1: they're wrong. You know, that's the thing. It's like, okay, yeah, the drums are d- a little bit different. I mean, that, that's there's just no way around it. And the and the guitar solos that Holt does, I mean, the guy's trying so hard, so, so hard to mimic uh uh hanneman, hanneman well you know he's, he's
3: better he's better than hanneman was toward the end you know yeah. i mean hanneman was had was struggling there we talk, kind of alluded to that uh in last but episode I, well. you know
1: i i've i mean i've seen slayer like three times now with this lineup and and i'm you know what i'm i'm happy as shit I, i'm I, I think it's fine you know as long as i hear Araya's voice but see, a lot of
3: people said that, you know, when they went to see ACDC with uh, with uh, what's his fuzz with Axl Rose, they, they were fine with it, too. Then they 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 kind of accepted it and, and it worked. But to me, it's like that's I don't know that that works. I want the voice. I want the you know, yeah. that's that's what I want to hear. So I don't know. I mean, when you're talking about rhythm section or something like that, you can probably get away with it, I guess you know, to some level, but when you're talking about voice and even lead guitar, like like if Kerry King was not playing with Slayer, that would be a tough sell because his guitar solos are Kerry King guitar solos. You know, they sound a certain way, and it's sort of the same thing with Pantera, you know, that sort of idea. It's like, who can replace Dimebag Daryl? Nobody fucking sounds like Dimebag Daryl. Everybody tries to sound like Dimebag Daryl, but nobody does, so you can't really replace him. So it's like, well... <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's kind of a tough situation to be in. But it, Kerry sort of made it sound like in the quotes that I read that that you know he was waiting for Tom to decide so that he knew what was going to be happening next for him too because it didn't sound like he was going to try to continue it or not. You know, but mm. it's like ah, yeah, um, that'd be kind of a rough decision, man. I mean, it really would. And then, then you look at like the Dillinger thing, and I think that sort of works out better when everybody sort of just gives up the ghost at once. You know that's what we didn't really allude to in the last episode, talking about the getting too old for metal or whatever. Is that you know we're talking about individuals in that case. We're not talking about bands. You know, in a lot of cases, we're talking about David Vincent who left Morbid Angel to do something different. Or, or was, did he left or kicked or, out he, or whatever? But, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but it was excommunicated. You tomato, and, yeah, I say tomato. Yeah, he's yeah, excommunicated <laughs> from Morbid Angel, so they go do country music or whatever. You know, they decide they change their mind about what they want to do. Newstead, you know, he leaves flotsam and Jetsam or whatever to go do whatever the fuck he's doing now. You know, what I'm saying it's like they've kind of chosen their own path and chosen a different path. And that's one thing for an individual to do. It's another thing for a whole band to do it. And yeah. and they didn't have whole bands to answer for. You know, David Vincent was barely a member of Morbid Angel when he left Morbid Angel for the second time. You know what I'm saying? They had moved on previously, and then he came back and then left again. Newstead, well, Newstead was just, he's always kind of been there. He, He went off to the hills. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like it didn't really relate. And the Slayer thing, when they're an active band right now talking about something like this, talking about this issue, that's an interesting thing because... You know what the fuck are they gonna do? You know, I, it's like I don't know, and that's a and they're a legend. You know, there's there's money to be made there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I mean, if I'm Carrie, I think, and I'd still want to play my old songs, and I want to make new music, and all that sort of thing. If I'm getting along with both Staff and Holt, I'm turning to those guys and saying, hey, if you still like to have a better payday than what your usual gig is, I still want to do this. And then you try to find somebody who can, you know. Pull off a bit of a of a a a riot, and you know maybe you call it Slayer, maybe you don't, but I think you do because that's where the money's at, and you just you just ride it and let people complain. Wonder if Exodus is looking
3: for a new guitarist or something, you know?
1: Yeah, but it's like you you still got like you know twice as if if your booking agent calls up a club and says I want to book Slayer, the, the 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 promoter doesn't ask who's singing. They just say, here's the money. You know what I mean? Now, they might get a little kind of weirded out, and they might kind of go, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to work, so I need a 20% cut. But 20% less of Slayer's guarantee is still 400% of what Exodus is getting. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well,
3: yeah, yeah, I get that. But you can also do... I mean, you, you wind up doing, like, the, uh, uh, what's Zach Wilde call his thing now that he's doing? Black Label Society? No, 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 he's doing something else. He's got, like, a, oh. he, it's like the, the, it's not It's not technically Black Label Society, it's like Zach Wilde and something else, uh, wow. w- where he's doing, it's more of, like, a showcase for Zach Wilde kind of thing <laughs> than it is for you know what i mean it's like he's playing piano and he's playing guitar and he's doing this and he's playing different stuff with different musicians and uh i i could see it winded turning up into being like a a, a heavy metal review with carrie hosted by carrie king you know or something like that you know? it'll be <laughs> oh, the that
1: never happened. oh dude can you imagine <laughs> but i would so I'd i would be so I would pay, pay through the nose for that like come on a tuxedo. Right. You know? Totally, like, <laughs> man. Totally. totally Big red a curtain. Badass show
3: out of that, dude. That'd be fucking awesome, man. <laughs> be, Gary King doing stand-up comedy and a little bit of, you know. Yeah, I think it'd be wicked. But but you know what I'm saying? Like, it could be more centered on not just Slayer music, but the guitar virtuoso that is Gary King. You know, it'd just be like an hour-long guitar solo.
1: I don't think Gary's got any interest in that. <laughs> you know
3: that's all it is you know just yeah for an hour fucking a.
1: I mean maybe it's carrie king slayer but it's still i'll bet you it's still slayer it's just a big question it's like all right so here's a list of singers that are available or could be available that could fit daughter for tom Araya. <laughs> Be like, yeah yeah, ah! yeah I think, like, you know we, we that's the clickbait article of the week right
2: there you know
1: <laughs> oh, right it's like who's gonna huh let's let's imagine who can sing for slayer you know like oh, yeah i but number one steve zetro souza that's my vote <laughs> right there Ah no <laughs> please no <laughs> Wouldn't that be <laughs> hilarious? And then and then Carrie takes a, a, a tour off and Gary Hinault takes in on guitar and it's Slayer in concert with oh, Gary Holt. Whoa. Paul Bostaff, Steve Zitrick, <laughs> Susan, and Gary Hinault. I mean, why not? Right. Might as well
3: get Chuck Billy
1: out there to fucking do some of that stuff.
3: Chuck Billy. Yeah, that'd be great. Chuck Billy would
1: be pretty great as a as a as a stand in for Tom O'Reilly. Shit. I don't know
3: about that, man. But there's no
1: I don't know. Like I said, there's
3: still diehards out there right now that just don't think it's even Slayer the way it is. I don't have a problem with it, personally. but
1: Yeah, but those diehards, there's only, like, 12 of them left. But know? it's
3: one thing when you die, you know? I mean, it's one thing when, when we lost Hanneman, you know? It's like, the, that's, that's different, you
1: know? Are it, you telling Kerry King he needs to kill Tom Araya? Is that what you're <laughs> suggesting? Well, I'm just saying, if Tom Araya were to show up
3: not on the face of the earth anymore— that would make it easier to disband Slayer or keep Slayer going, you know. So we would. The first suspect
1: would be Carrie King. Just saying. I just figured. Like, like I wonder if if Carrie King, you know, God forbid, as they say, uh, were to collapse and and die, would Tom Araya continue on Ugh. because he's like, oh man, at least I got rid of Carrie. No way. This is easy now. No way. He'd start playing he's country. Like, Tom Araya is the type of guy who I think when he says, "You know, what, I think I'm done," I think he's probably done. I do too. You know, I he doesn't come across to me as the kind of guy who would pop up, you know, in like some sort of super group later on. Well,
3: he, he lives in BFE, he, Texas, so he's going to wind yeah. up playing with David Vincent at some point. <laughs> so it's it's gonna it's gonna be like an all star metal country review. Uh, in like Central Texas here. Some sooner or later, man. We'll have Al Jurgensen. We'll have uh Tom Araya, David Vincent. Uh, you know, and it'll be the guys from the Sword that are backing him up or some shit. You know, and we'll be like what the fuck <laughs> is this all about? And they're playing nothing but bluegrass.
1: Like, Son of a bitch! I bet you Tom Araya cuts his hair. And just you never really hear from him again. He'll show up when they get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, and you know, that's about it.
3: Got Tom cuts his hair. You'd never recognize him.
1: <laughs> and that is a, that's another question. When when did they get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Why are not they not here yet, there yet?
3: I, I have no idea who's in the Rock and Roll and Hall of Fame or not. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't even know. know. They could be,
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, is in. I would imagine Slayer's got to be right there next. Somewhere. You know? Somewhere close. you know. I don't mm. know. Oh, well. All right. Let's
3: wrap this thing up, dude. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Play, wherever you get your podcast. That way, it can come right to your device. If not, uh, maybe you can go to metalsux.net. Mondays when we post it. You can click on the podcast tab at the top of the page and find all of our old podcasts right there. We would uh, like you to listen to all of them. Yes. Why? <laughs> because it makes us huge fucking cash balls of money. <laughs> yeah. Do it right now. Uh, uh, not, not really, but, but, but it'll be fun. There's a lot of good interviews for you to check out over the 150 so episodes that we've got out there. So yeah, be sure to check that out at MetalSucks.net on the podcast tab. You can find us on social media. I am at BeardedApe. I'm at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook. And you can find us on Instagram at Chuck and Godless and our Patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless and, Chuck and Godless.com If you would like to support us that way, we would definitely appreciate it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next week, I am Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is another episode of the Metal Sucks Podcast.